Sometimes we feel like if we can't do it perfectly, we won't have success. But the truth is, you know, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing imperfectly. And so go ahead and just do your best. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Director of Marketing. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. Well, Andrew, the end of summer is near. And for a lot of parents, they're looking forward to having their kids go back to school. And looking forward to it cooling off in many places. (laughs) Tis true. (laughs) Tis true. And, of course, a lot of the kids are saying, oh, summer is almost over. So I thought it would be great for us to talk about how parents and teachers can prepare themselves and their classrooms now before they're in the throw of getting getting started with school. Well, you know, most children are very excited about back to school. They don't really whine, oh no, summer's over, because they've been bored for two months. Could very well be true. (laughs) So they're happy in, you know, in many cases, it's new teachers, sometimes it's a new school, Mm -hmm. different classes, depending on how old they are. So, you know, one thing is there's a natural kind of enthusiasm that we can capitalize. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, anytime you turn over a new leaf, so to speak, I don't know where that expression came from. <laughs> Probably Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. But you you have new opportunities. Mm-hmm. So there are. I was thinking as I was preparing for having this conversation with you today. There's basically four groups of people that I'd like for you to speak to today. The groups are just so you can know them all up front. School teachers. You know, teachers that are talking to kids every single day, five days a week, all day long, how can they prepare to teach IEW in their schools? Secondly would be the homeschooling parent. How can they be prepared to teach IEW in their homeschool environment? And then, of course, we have the growing number of hybrid school teachers who are kind of doing a little bit of both, whether they're the parent in who have their children enrolled in a hybrid school or there's hybrid school teachers who may be teaching these kids two or three days a week, professional teachers. And then finally, just the parent. What can the parent do to help their children be successful in any of these environments? So starting with the school teacher. Well, I think one of the things that a lot of teachers uh, kind of can easily get a little anxiety about is, oh, no, I have to get my room ready, mm-hmm. you know, preparing the physical space. And in some places, you see it's almost like a, a little design contest, you mm-hmm. know, uh, who can have the coolest looking room on the first day. And I've thought about this many times, and I'm not sure that that's necessarily the best way to go. You know, I think a lot of teachers want to bring beautiful things mm-hmm. into their room, so some tastefully chosen artwork that would perhaps connect up thematically with 
some of the things that are going to be studied through the year. I know my wife in the homeschool, but before that she was uh, teaching in a classroom, and she loved the resources of the Smithsonian because you can order up beautiful prints. Then you follow the tradition of being a school teacher that spends their own money yes. <laughs> on their own students and their own class because uh, it may or may not be in the budget. So with an eye to simple elegance, I think uh, some, some tasteful artwork that underscores beauty and connects students. But I don't think you want a cluttered classroom environment. Mm -hmm. It's not as though you have to cover, you know, every square inch of wall or else somehow you failed. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes the well-placed thing with space is good. And then, of course, with an eye to your IEW program, you want to have some dedicated free space on the wall. Maybe an entire wall, right. if you could afford it, <laughs> or half a wall. But you, as you know, in our system, we're always talking about if if you teach something, try to show it as well. You know, if you say it, show it. If you show it, say it. If you can get a kinesthetic activity uh, involved, that's even better. So at the beginning of the year, if you start out Unit 1 and 2, which is, of course, what we recommend, you want to have space for your Unit 1 and 2 poster. Mm -hmm. uh, it's likely that within a short time you'd get into the strong verb dress-up, right, because it's number three on the list. So uh, you want some space dedicated to the banned words section for verbs. So you mm -hmm. can put up some of your weakly lousy verbs like said, go, went, think, see, saw, that type. Uh, and of course, we have resources for all this in our TWSS book. You want to build those lists together with the students. Mm -hmm. So what uh, my recommendation, what I did when I had a class and I was putting a lot of stuff on the wall, was we'd have a little, you know, story article, Aesop fable, whatever, make a band words list for a particular verb, such as go or went, and I'd write it on the board. And then after, I would write it, those words on three-by-five cards and then string them down. Oh, nice. Hanging from the top band word uh, and string them down and put that on the wall. Then if you wanted to add another one, you could just tape on mm -hmm. another card. And as you expanded the list, the string of cards would grow and then... Uh, Maybe a larger card or a longer card would be fine, too. I had a pretty small room with a small group. So mm -hmm. so you want to have some space dedicated not only to the unit poster but also to the band words list. Then you've still got plenty of space, hopefully, because as you go further on, you have then you would replace the unit 2 poster with the unit 3 poster, which hopefully you make a very stylish artistic Unit 3 poster. Or if you don't quite have the time to make your own, we have those available for mm -hmm. for classrooms in a nice big, what is it, two, two by three maybe, one and a half by two, something. Yeah, it's two feet by three feet. Anyway, it's a nice big poster mm -hmm. that can be seen from anywhere. And you can constantly refer to that. Mm -hmm. So the way I would see it is you do brainstorming with kids on the – the whiteboard, and then you try to move that information, whatever you want to keep permanent or semi-permanent, 
onto your dedicated writing information center mm. wall mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. So just preparing accordingly and not feeling the anxiety that a lot of pe- teachers have, you know, four days before school starts, oh, I have to decorate my whole room right. and running around like crazy. Uh, I think maybe there's a saying in Latin, um, multum imparvum, which means more and less, you know. Mm-hmm. So less can be more. Mm -hmm. And then if you've got space, then when you put something new up, the students are like, oh, that's a new thing. Why is it there? What's the reason? Rather than, okay, we're just changing the wallpaper. Right. Good. Okay. And what about the homeschooling parent? Well, I think the homeschool parent really can do the same thing, probably on a smaller scale, because they wouldn't have as much wall space, Mm -hmm. perhaps. Uh, and they would not need everything to be quite as large because the students would be in a smaller room, so everything would be closer. But I do think having that kind of writing information center wall space would be good. I know that if parents are using our PAL program, they might like to have a section dedicated to all of the phonics uh, cards and information mm-hmm. that they're going to be talking about. I mean, essentially, it's the multisensory environment. If children are surrounded with the stuff you want them to learn, all the better. But you don't have to surround them immediately. You can build gradually as you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the hybrid school teacher or that co-op teacher, perhaps they're using a classroom that they're not allowed to own five days a week. Yeah, that's the toughest situation, I mm-hmm. think, in terms of the visual environment because, yes, they could be camping out in a different church or office building or something. So in that case, I suppose the stuff from the whiteboard would have to go onto some type of uh, folder or notebook type so the students could have that at the beginning. And you know the story of the portable walls. Yes, share share it with our listeners. So I was teaching for a school district in California, and I was explaining to the teachers how, you know, the blended sound site approaches, you want to, you know, put it on the wall, and you can have all this stuff, and I've got all these little diagrams of what you can put on your walls, and one of the teachers informs me that the county has a regulation that the schools are only allowed to cover 20% of their walls with paper (laughs) unless you buy this extremely expensive non-flammable or fire-retardant paper. It's a fire regulation. Well, I was incensed. (laughs) I thought, well, whatever fire chief cooked up that crazy rule, he should be sentenced to teaching fourth grade for a year (laughs) Naked, without any help, you know, some some horrific punishment because it's just such a disconnect with the world, you know, of teachers and what children need. So I was kind of fuming, stewing, and uh, I guess sometimes a good idea comes out of your frustration. Yes. Um, Necessity is the mother of invention. Yes. Well, for me, it was more like frustration. <laughs> but nevertheless, I thought, well, if the children cannot go to the walls we will bring the walls to the children. Mm -hmm. So I went to Staples. I bought a couple um, file folders, just Mm -hmm. regular file folders. And you know how they open up in a V shape. 
Well, I, I taped two of them together so they would open up in a U shape. So it had one side and then a, another side and a third side. And then I drew in by hand because I'm just working in a hotel late at night with this crazy idea. Uh, I drew in on these these file folders the things which would be good for the teachers to have on the walls and said, okay, and I brought it in the next day and said, okay, so here's the solution. You can have the kids make these things, mm-hmm. you know, together little by little. And they'll all have their own little portable walls. And you can keep adding to this the way you would add to a wall. And it'll stand up on a desk and make a little kind of carol type, you know, library carol type feeling. And so the kids can be writing at their desks, which is too small to begin with, those mm-hmm. tiny little desks. Mm-hmm. And you you can't really cover half the desk with your your reference pages. Uh, so it could stand up on the edge of the desk, and they could just look up and, you know, see the bend words list, see the L-Y word list, see the preposition, whatever. So I thought that was brilliant. And then I discovered that uh, some people just don't make stuff like that. It's just a little too much. They were just busy. Well, you did have someone give you a lap book, right? Well, yes, I saw a lap book, which uh, is, I've rare, I don't know that I've ever seen that outside the homeschool environment. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's much more involved. Mm -hmm. But anyway, out of that came uh, several products we now have, Mm -hmm. the portable walls, the tools for young writers, the grammar on the go, and the portable walls for the essayists. So uh, unfortunately, now you know, they could be completely surrounded by, <laughs> by portable walls. <laughs> but that idea. So I think the hybrid teacher has a little bit harder time in creating the space. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say, well, make your own posters, hang them up on class days, take them down on non-class days. I mean, that would be a very devoted, mm-hmm. uh, hardworking, going the extra mile kind of Mm-hmm. hybrid teacher. But if they do have something they can take home, like a handmade or one of our portable walls products, then the kids can bring it back and forth and they can have that there. Right. So now what about the parent who has their student enrolled in a school or in a hybrid type of environment? How can they prepare themselves as they're getting ready for their kids to go back and Well, uh, they want to know as much as possible about what's going on Mm -hmm. in the classroom. You know, I think some teachers view communicating with parents as a very important thing. I don't know that all teachers do, but the ones that do, I think, are, you know, a comfort to the parents. Because, yeah, I mean, you want to know what's going on in the classroom so you can help the child. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know teachers who have even scheduled, believe it or not, an evening meeting for all the parents of the children in the class and teach them how to do a keyword outline and a summary, unit one and two, take about an hour and just say, this is what we're going to be doing this month. This is how we do it. Now, give it a try yourself. And of course, the parents love it. Mm -hmm. You know, their initial reaction is, whoa, that's cool. How come I never saw this before? Right. So, uh, you know, I think that that's, again, a little extra work for the teacher. Uh, But no teacher signed up to be a teacher because they wanted an easy life. (laughs) Right. I mean, if you wanted an easy life, you would go do almost anything else. (laughs) 
So maybe that's something that, you know, if if the teacher doesn't provide, parents could say, hey, could I sit in a little bit? Mm-hmm. You know, could I just watch your writing lesson in this class? And uh, I think in most uh, school situations, that is a reasonable request for a parent and that the administration and teachers would make that possible because for them it's showing, well, here's a parent who really cares. That's the type of family that's going to do well, that's mm-hmm. going to do best. And I would say that's even more important for parents who have kids that have some kind of difficulty that makes the classroom harder for them, maybe a bit of a dyslexic tendency or a mild uh, attention issue where you just can't be sure this child is going to get as much out of the classroom day neurologically perfect child might, which (laughs) of course doesn't exist. So uh, parents who have kids that maybe aren't going to remember enough about what happened in class to tell them are the ones who I think would most say, hey, could I sit in? Uh, and, And if the teachers communicate to the parents how our program works, okay, toward the beginning of the month, they're probably moving on to a new unit. Okay, that would what, what would be a day I could come and just watch the writing lesson? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, we have that product, the SSO, Structure and Style Overview, yes. which uh, we made specifically for parents who don't teach their own children our system but have kids in a program where someone else is teaching them. And so they don't have to watch the whole, you know, 15 hours of TWSS. They can watch a, a short excerpt. How long is that? Well, just over two hours. Two hours. So that's not terrible. No. I mean, there's a few jokes here and there. There right? are, so yes. <laughs> keep people chuckling. And then understand the system. In fact, they wouldn't even have to watch the whole two hours if they just kind of tracked it through mm-hmm. the unit. So any, any type of bridge building and communication between the teacher, tutor, hybrid, full-time, and the the parent who's going to inevitably be helping that child with the homework and also wanting to encourage appropriately what they see the child doing. Great. So we talked a little bit about the environment, and we spent more time talking about what a parent can do to prepare themselves mentally for their children to be enrolled in a program. Are there some tips that you can give to school teachers or hybrid school or homeschooling parents to prepare themselves during the summer for teaching writing well? Well, I think a lot of times teachers need kind of clear the cash, decompress, just breathe. You mean take a vacation? A month or two, yeah. So Andrew Poudois is recommending that Teachers take a vacation. That's awesome. Well, I don't recommend it for myself, but uh, <laughs> I do recommend it. Uh, no, I think that's part of the nature of the job. I mean, when you think about it, there's really no other profession where you get that long time mm-hmm. to do something very different. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you teachers can travel or they can do a different job or they can catch up on stuff or they can, you know, but I think at the same time, that idea of the sabbatical, you rest up not just to recover, but you rest up and think and prepare toward the future. So obviously we would be happy if teachers using the Structure and Style program were to finish, if they haven't already, 
their uh, instructor certification. Yes. You know, I've talked to so many now who kind of said, oh, that seemed like so much work, but I'm really glad I did it. And it didn't take that much time, but it really helped me understand everything better. Mm-hmm. So I think yes, because they're not just learning; they're actually doing the assignments. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, we've designed it in a mm-hmm. way that it has rigor, but it's it's not unreasonable. Right. And the end result is, yeah, we give you a piece of paper, we put your name on our website, whatever you want, but it's going into that new teaching cycle, feeling like, wow, I I really understand this better now. Clearly, although we provide a great many source texts with our materials, classroom supplement packages and uh, for the co-op teachers, theme-based books and all that, I think it's very fine when teachers can supplement those that we provide with source texts Mm -hmm. they find on their own Mm -hmm. that they believe would be of particular interest to their kids Mm -hmm. uh, because of the age or the majority boys versus girls or uh, especially the content that they're likely to be studying in history or science or literature or whatever. Right. Webster has always underscored, and I have tried to emphasize, that this isn't just a writing training thing. It's it's much more comprehensive than that. It's writing and speaking, but it's also learning better what you're trying to learn by writing and speaking about it. Mm-hmm. So we want that integration as much as possible. And uh, it's also kind of a thinking training program in a way because yes. uh, there's, there's very few activities that we have to do in school that require the intensity of, of thought, of concentrated thinking effort as preparing something to speak in a, in a speaking context or writing it out. You, right. It's kind of like you really have to know what you know what you know. Mm-hmm. Rather than so many cases, you know, you've got kind of a multiple choice evaluation of did kids learn stuff. So I think a lot of teachers who've done this for a few years, uh, in fact, I know because they've told me uh, the writing program more than anything really helps their children learn to think, to ask better questions, to organize information, to have confidence in doing that and preparing to present it. Great. So to summarize, perhaps, what I hear you saying is preparing the classroom environment, preparing yourself, perhaps by taking a break, and actually spending some time in preparing your curriculum. And I couldn't help but think of merging the second one, which is preparing yourself, you know, taking a break. Maybe if you were to vacation in Fiji, for example, <laughs> you could write a source text on Fiji and then you'd have a resource to provide for your students. Wouldn't that be great? Well, and, you know, when we create source texts here, we have to write them entirely right. original and be careful about uh, even small potential incidences of plagiarism because mm-hmm. We are a commercial enterprise, whereas a teacher has a lot more freedom. They can, you know, grab something 
uh, often encyclopedia or a website or something that looks reliably good, correct? Mm-hmm. And then they could just tweak it a little bit because it's it's you know educational use. They're not selling it, so the teachers don't have to feel, oh, no, I have to write completely original source text. I mean, that could be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. That could kill sure. every teacher right there. Right. And, I mean, if the best you can do is just photocopy the World Book Encyclopedia for your kids, you can do that. And World Book is okay with you doing that in your classroom just yeah. as long as you don't sell their stuff. Of course, you'd have to find <laughs> a World Book Encyclopedia. Maybe in the dusty corners of the basement of the building, there might be a paper encyclopedia. Then you'd have to find a photocopy machine. But the other option would be, you know, of course, using the technology we have. Right, right. Well, I do hope teachers and teaching parents that this has been helpful to you. School may be starting in a week or a month. I know that geographically, it just kind of depends. I know that it seems like those in the middle part of the country starts so much earlier than those maybe on the borders of the United States and around the world. You know, we're talking about going back to school here in the United States, whereas Australia, they're looking forward to their winter break, perhaps. Right, in Australia. And I think in in Oklahoma here, where it's just so blasted hot. Right. (laughs) People are just done being outside, so they're happy to go indoors where it's cooler earlier, like early August. And then if you can get out in early May when it isn't quite yet so blasted hot, yep. you know, so, but it does shift. California is different. Um, the only other thing I would say is as you, as you get into the new year of teaching IEW, kind of have the renewed uh, vision, determination, ideal, hold the ideal of don't get stuck and don't give up, mm-hmm. right? One thing that happens to everyone at the beginning of the school year is you have these grandiose plans. You know, and you're going to teach this and that and this and that. And you have these big hopes and dreams. And then reality hits. And you discover that a huge amount of time is chewed up and lost by various logistical or, you know, health or management or circumstances beyond your control. And so you want to be sure that you don't kind of despair and say, oh, we're never going to do it and just quit the writing program. I mean, if you're going to quit something, pick something else, (laughs) right? right? (laughs) Um, But keep going and just have that determination. Yeah, maybe we didn't do as many Unit 3 assignments during October Mm -hmm. as I had hoped just Mm -hmm. because we got busy with stuff. But don't give up then and say, well, we won't go on to Unit 4. We we failed. Mm -hmm. No. Just go on to Unit 4 and do what you can during November and then go on to Unit 5 in December, January, and do what you can. You know, it's, I guess, sometimes we feel like if we can't do it perfectly, we won't have success. But the truth is, you know, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing imperfectly. And so go ahead and just do your best and and don't worry whether you met that kind of high standard or ideal you set for yourself. Just keep moving on. It's like putting money in the bank. You'd like to save $1,000 a month, but hey, some months you can't. It's still better to save 100 or 10 than nothing at all. So with structure and style, anything you do, even a little bit, it's like money in the bank. It's always going to be of benefit downline to the students. Great. And of course, we have an incredible team 
of people here at IEW that if it's October and you're feeling it's a little bit in, you're in the in the dumps a little bit and you want some help, just give us a call and say, I need a pep talk. And we've got a team of people that we will do. give you a pep talk. In fact, I think you have some posters in our customer service department, different <laughs> hats that they wear. Yes. What One of them is therapist. Therapist, right? that's yeah, right. So, so we, we can listen and we can dispense advice we've found helpful for many people over many years. Yeah, we know that teaching writing can be a difficult task, but we are here to help you make it easy and enjoyable. Because so, it's important. It is important. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcasts. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Poudoua and the team at IEW, I thank you for the privilege of allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking. Mm-hmm.